I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, a podcast where inspiring women share their journey to unlocking their own potential. My guest today is the New York-based duo Neely and Chloe Birch. But before we jump to our interview, I want to thank our friends at TD. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. TD is proud to support women entrepreneurs and help them achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship opportunities. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. You may have heard of Neely and Chloe Birch, founders of Neely and Chloe. Based in New York, they're also known because of some of their famous relatives, namely their aunt, Tori Birch. But the two sisters have built an empire all of their own. Since graduating just a few years ago, Neely and Chloe has now become a highly successful line of affordable yet sustainable bags, footwear, and accessories that aims to fill the void between fast fashion and luxury without ever sacrificing quality. You'll find their designs in retailers across the US, over 150 at this point, including Anthropology, in addition to their own e-commerce boutique. Listen to Neely and Chloe's story, as well as the lessons they learned along the way as they built their business. I'm Neely, uh, Neely Birch, and I'm the co-founder of Neely and Chloe. And I'm Chloe, uh, <laughs> Chloe Birch, um, and I am another co-founder of Neely and Chloe. Before we get into uh, recent developments, I do want to go back in time and I want to ask you um, about uh, growing up when you were younger. Did you already envision you'd become entrepreneurs one day or that you'd have a career in fashion? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we we grew up obviously together (laughs) um, as sisters and we grew up in a house where entrepreneurship was, um, you know, not only respected and encouraged but almost something that uh was ingrained in us from the very beginning whether it was you know a lot of things that many kids do like a lemonade stand here or um you know different kind of uh initiatives all through our childhood but it was the sort of environment where we came home when we were in our early 20s and said we were thinking about leaving our job to start our own business and the response rather than a response being like you know let's slow down are you sure what's going on the response was well it's about time <laughs> um so it, it's um i think it's something that was kind of um a little bit in our blood in some way i'm not sure it was always going to be fashion um, but for better or for worse, we are both shoppers ourselves. So we've had some good experience in that area. And um, it's really lent itself to our ability to find a product that's different and new, um, that feels some unique offering in the market. I can pretty much guess the answer to my next question. But in terms of role models, and you've had quite a few to pick from in your family, um, were these, it, was it your family members who inspired you to take the road to entrepreneurship? Was there somebody else who was kind of a, um, you know, a, a role model for you before starting the company? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, as you mentioned, our, our family is, um, you know, very involved in the fashion world as well as the entrepreneurial world. So, um, you know, as Neely mentioned, growing up, it's something we always talked about. My my dad's an entrepreneur and started a clothing company as well. And um, so we, you know, had him to look up to from the very beginning. But, you know, it's really all in our family. Our, our aunt, um, Tori, obviously has her company. And so she's been a huge inspiration. And we hope to gain just a sliver of her success. But, um, 
as well as our cousins, um, Pookie um, and Louisa, who started a company um, called Trademark. And so it's really just, you know, all in the family and we look up to them and we can turn to um, each and every one for some support and guidance. That's amazing. Tell me about the start of the company. And I know uh, you, you both dabbled in different uh, in different jobs before coming together and decided to launch your own brand. So tell me about the, the, the conversations you were having and kind of what led you to really launch your own brand together. Yeah, so I actually um, I actually spent about a year in the art. This is Neely. I spent about a year in the art world out of school. Um, I think I'd you know I've been I thought I was going to be a history major in college and went to take an art history class as to fill a requirement and was in the classroom and was like, wow, this is amazing. I I love this. This is everything I loved about history, but with a, an aesthetic component to go along with it, um, and really fell in love with it. And I think um, our love sort of the love of design and uh, beauty that was kind of instilled in us growing up for me first took first manifested as a love for art Um, and I I worked at Sotheby's for about a year and then ultimately decided to jump ship to launch a mobile retail concept so I spent about a year and a half buying wholesale selling retail um, and I learned a ton I think I was on the ground with customers I did about 50 pop-ups over the course of the year up and down the East Coast, anywhere from two to five days. And I was on the ground with customers every single day and got a really good sense of what was out there and what wasn't. Um, And, you know, managed to find what we felt like was a small niche in the market that that was a void. Young women kept coming in looking for something and I didn't feel like I could find it for them. Um, and so at the time, Chloe was at J. Crew. Yeah, so I, I graduated just a year after Neely. And so um, I went to work as a merchant at J. Crew. And um, I was there for a little over a year. I learned so much, um, you know, all about the, uh, you know, merchandising is a really great area to start in the fashion world because you kind of get a... Um, a really great overview of everything from the business side of things to the design side of things. So was there for a little over a year, um, learned a lot, and then Neely finally convinced me to leave and join forces with her. Um, and we started working on Neely and Chloe. Um, we worked on it for about a year, um, 2015 to 2016, until we launched in September of 2016. Right. And you chose to go and make accessories, which can be a crowded space in retail. There's a lot of, you know, newcomers, uh, there's established mega brands uh, who do very well in this category. What was the niche that you identified or the gap you identified in a market that you were hoping to fill? Yeah, I think it was this this sort of intersection of um, quality and price point. Um, so really aspirational yet attainable. We felt like this sort of sub 300, sub 350 price point was really something that felt like if you wanted to buy something unique and tailored and and special, Mm -hmm. um, it was very hard to find something that wasn't mass produced or over consumed. Um, So that's really where we started. All real leather, all very well made, meant to last season after season. And then we really latched on to this idea that the product should feel like it's more about the women purchasing it than it is about us. So almost all of our branding is on the inside of the product. Um, and then there's several different ways you can customize our bags. So probably about 60 to 70% of the items that we sell are, are personalized, um, whether it's you know as simple as gold foil embossing or it's hand-painted, custom hand-painted designed with an artist. We do a whole range of things. Um, and that's been a you know the ability to feel like the product is 
specially made for you um, and the finishing touches that are, are selected and, and put on by yourself um, is something that's really resonated with our consumer. Mm, that makes sense. And what made you want to sell direct to consumers or selling online and not going through third party uh, merchants in a, in a wholesale model? So we, um, yeah, we decided to originally launch um, as a direct-to-consumer brand. Um, we really wanted to have control over how the product was displayed, control over our voice and um, of the brand aesthetic um, as well. So we, um, you know, that was a very conscious decision, and I think we're really happy that we started off that way. We have um, transitioned into a wholesale um world as well. So we, um, for about a year and a half, we decided, uh, we stuck to direct to consumer. And then we realized there really was this whole world out there where, um, it could open up doors for us to sell our product across the country. So we, um, you know, started off small, um, opened some accounts on our own and then have slowly opened up, um, doors. We're in about 180 doors across the country currently and hoping to grow even more. So, um, really happy though, that we started off as a direct brand because I think it gave Neely and I, um, you know, it, it gave us a sense of really who we are and we got to build our foundation, um, as Neely and Chloe. And tell me about the women who buy your brand. Um, and I read somewhere that what's you know wonderful about your product is, is that it can be it's as much the you know twenty uh, something university student the the older uh, you know career woman who's established. Um, tell me about the women who buy, but also who you have in mind when you design your products. Yeah, I think it's a great question because I think that you know a lot of things that we anticipated about the brand um, have stayed true since we started, um, but that really is something mm -hmm. that surprised us as we came to market. So we, you know, we really launched with the thought that um, we were going to appeal to young women, early twenties into like early to mid thirties. The assumption was we would be like a great transition brand as they came out of school and we're sort of looking for your first big girl bag. I feel like that was a very intimidating experience for me personally, going from carrying my like North Face backpack in college to being like, oh, I have a real job in New York City now. I need a great bag. What does it look like? How do I buy something that feels like it's beautiful and chic and sophisticated, but it's also within a price point that makes sense for me. Um, and that's really where we started. And we thought they'd sort of stay with us through their early to mid thirties and then graduate onto, you know, something maybe a little bit more, uh, a little bit of a higher price point. Um, and what's what, as you mentioned, what's really been amazing is to see the breadth of the customer we have. Um, and I think what it really speaks to is how kind of understated and timeless the product feels that, there's so many different ways to style it and wear it that feel like they make sense. Um, so I think when we, you know, when we think about that, when we're designing these bags, um, it's very important for us to find ways to integrate trend without it feeling trend driven. Um, that's like a huge factor for, for Chloe and I, I think, to make sure we feel things feel um, contemporary and they feel relevant um but at the same time it almost looks like something you may have found uh you know in one of those amazing finds in your grandmother's closet that she's not using anymore um but it's all of a sudden back in style again so i think that that's really something that we focus on and and now that we have identified how how broad this customer base um really has the potential to be 
one of the other key things is always always focused on and thinking about different ways we can personalize and customize the items that we build because I do think that's one of the ways that women of different generations are able to feel like the bags can be relevant to them. Right. Um, and you brought up something really interesting, that transition to, you know, the first kind of statement, bigger bag that we purchase. Um, why do you think the bag is such a power item for women and why it, it's, it's so much, uh, you know, it's a, it's a statement, it's a symbol, and our bags become really important in, and, and, and how we choose our bags becomes really important uh, as women, especially as we, you know, climb up the ladders uh, in, in our career. Um, what's, what do you think is that symbol behind the bag? Um, you know, we really think that a handbag is the finishing touch on a on a woman's outfit, and it can make mm-hmm. you feel empowered. It can make you feel, um, you know, great about how you look and how you're going into your day. So I think that whether you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt or you're in uh, a black tie outfit, once you add a handbag, you really feel as though your your outfit's complete and you're ready to take on anything. So we, um, you know, we wanted to create create bags that you know, the quality was there, but they were also a price point so women could have numerous and, and change it up with depending on their outfit and, and really make sure they had the right finishing touch to what they were wearing. Mm. And I think it's interesting that some of the most iconic handbags in history have been created by women. I think of, you know, the iconic 2.55 by Chanel, for example. Um, I think it takes a woman to really recognize what goes into a quality, beautiful handbag that is really going to uh, do everything we expect it to do as a woman wearing it. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think that it's something that it's hard. It's hard to um, understand or to. There's a different level of motivation, I think, when the frustrations are things that you've experienced yourself. Um, mm. And so I think that you know us having been in the in in this phase of our life where we were looking for something that you know di- wasn't identical to the to the bag that your kooky aunt was bringing to Thanksgiving but felt like it was created and made for you um mm-hmm. is something that we went through sort of year after year and all of those kind of um ups and downs of your mid 20s and um you know transitioning into the big city after after your education experience and all of that are are these are pain points that we felt and um you know we're creating the bag for so that women don't have to feel that and they can they have someone to turn to (laughs) right um how do you stay in touch with your customers and i'm guessing social media plays a big role in that but how do you make sure you get their feedback on a on a constant basis totally um it's so important i think um something that we do um every every week or every other week um, we used we do something called uh, wear test Wednesdays. So we um, think it's so important to get feedback from our customer because um, you know as Neely and I are our consumer, but it's really important to get other people's feedback and design perspectives and um, thoughts and and everything on on the product. So we um, we'll pick a bag that's in production. We haven't decided to run it yet, and we post um, you know Instagram stories and ask questions and polls and um, you know want to get feedback from people and it's really impacted um, a lot of our decision making we've decided you know to make certain bags um, and we've decided to drop bags we've decided to add colors or fabrications mm. or leather qualities so um, it's been really really um, interesting to see um, you know how much 
people really want to engage over social media. Um, and um, it's something that we try to do every single day, whether we put, post some editorial photos or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Neely and I, you know, ask um, if anyone has any questions for us or, um, you know, we, we try and do it every day um, to really get that feedback because it really is so important. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I think what's, you know, when you talk about communicating with the customer, I think, I think, you know, something that has always been really integral to our brand since the beginning and when we launched is this idea that um, launching a business is, yes, exciting and and there's as, there's aspects of it that feel very, very cool and, and like, wow, like what an amazing job, what an amazing adventure, so exciting. But there's also components of it that are really difficult and really challenging. Mm-hmm. And there are days when you feel, you know, you've been hit by 15 knows on this or, or, you know, a couple or something you're having trouble selling that you were really excited about, or, I mean, there's a million things I could go into, but I think for us, when we, when we talked about launching this company and we talked about how we wanted it to be perceived, um, I think maintaining like a really genuine, um, personality for the customer to connect with was an incredibly valuable thing that Chloe and I felt Mm -hmm. like was really important that be part of this brand. I think we wanted to, not only share the positives and the excitings and the meeting at Vogue or the, you know, the market week where, where sales are great and so exciting, but also to talk about the things that can be difficult and challenging about launching a business. And, um, there are plenty. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think communicating that and having it not feel like the brand shows up in front of you in a pretty little box with a bow and everything happened perfectly. Um, but to talk about the, like, you know, Hey, it's two days before Christmas and we are literally driving around in, one of our highest, you know, density areas delivering packages because we've had these 67 problems with UPS and it's hard and, um, you know, trying, I mean, we have a lot of stories like that. And I think sharing them is, is valuable and important to show other women that are maybe considering doing something like this, that when they have hard days and that when things are challenging for them, um, Mm -hmm. to power through. Right. Um, what was the biggest lesson or the most difficult obstacle you faced in since starting the company? Goodness, it's a hard question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think probably the biggest obstacle, which is not one specific moment, but was really getting people to invest and believe in our brand. Um, uh-huh. Because, you know, we're, we're launching this out of... Um, just our passion and and our belief that it was needed in the marketplace and so trying to get other people on board and to believe that um and um has been you know it's always it's an ongoing challenge but you know now we get lots of orders and not just you know the first day that we didn't get an order from someone's relative was a really exciting day (laughs) um and now we get you know tons of orders every single day from people we you know all over the country and sometimes internationally Mm -hmm. as well so it's been I think a challenge just the to get our name and our brand out there and not only that but to have people you know believe in it and want to buy it right and what felt like the smartest move the smartest decision you did make since launching the brand i i think our you know and i think it's um it's a very interesting time for all these direct-to-consumer brands uh there's Mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff but five years ago if you had a, a direct, a blossoming direct to consumer brand, and you told somebody you were thinking about starting to wholesale. I think they'd have looked at you like you had two heads. Um, right. <laughs> and the growth that we've seen in our brand since we have opened up our, our mindset and and started thinking 
uh, critically and a little bit differently about how wholesale can feed into a direct business um, has completely changed the dynamic of our um, growth strategies. And, and we have some really exciting stuff coming up in the next year or so that we're launching in tandem with that. Um, and I think it's opened up a whole new slew of doors that wouldn't have been there otherwise. So we're very excited about that decision that was made about a mm. year ago, a year, mm-hmm. and a, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. And what felt like the first time you, you know, uh, you came to the conclusion that, okay, wow, we might actually have a success here. And I'm talking probably early days of starting the brand. What was the first moment yeah. where it felt like an achievement? It feels, it almost still feels a little bit early to call it a success, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, but a work in progress that's still, that's still, um, you know, marching forward, which is great. But I think what Chloe mentioned, really, we used to watch our online orders come in and the first maybe the first one or two, you were like, okay, it's just on a whim. But when we started yeah. seeing orders come in and you're like, does anyone know this person that lives in Indiana? This is a, this is, <laughs> does anyone know? And is this Susie, you know, Susie Jones, is this, is anyone real? Is this anybody's aunt? Is this anybody's cousin? And right. when all of a sudden we started to realize there were orders coming in from people we'd never heard of or people that we right. never interacted with. I think the idea that somebody would be buying it as more than just a favor to the two of us, um, <laughs> which by the way, all those people that bought them as favors, we thank them deeply too, because yes. it was hugely <laughs> important and valuable. But um, when you start to realize that there are people that um, are helping you, are, are, are doing it because they're just excited about the bags, uh, was really mm-hmm. exciting for us. Well, and speaking of that, tell me about your branding and marketing strategy. So building a brand from scratch, basically. Um, and I know you rely on social media quite a bit. So tell me about the, the pillars of your, you know, building a brand uh, strategy, basically. Yeah, I think, um, you know, some of it we've already kind of mentioned, but I think the biggest thing, um, which Neely touched on earlier, was really capturing this behind the scenes aspect and um, creating a a founder relationship with our consumer. Um, You know, so many lifestyle brands today, which are great and amazing and have, you know, such great product. um, There, there isn't this connection to the brand. Um, And we really wanted our, our customer to um, connect with us and feel as though there was a story um, there and, and understand really invest in, um, not only the product, but invest in the brand and, and want to buy into this, um, you know, into Neely and I. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, so this founder effect, as we call it, I think is really important. And then, um, so we really try and market that as much as we possibly can. And as much as Neely really hates being in the spotlight, um, we make sure <laughs> to take pictures of ourselves and selfies and things when we're at home celebrating Christmas or whatever it may be. Yeah, um, we yeah. really make sure to show our customer that whether it's in email blasts, it's in um, um, digital advertising um, or Instagram. So that's really a big part. And then I think another big part of our marketing is to really emphasize um, our uh, customization options. So I think okay. really focusing on how we can customize the product and really make this product more about our consumer than it is about us. So as Neely said, we intentionally put, you know, our logos on the interior of the bag. So when our customer leaves our showroom or they order a product online, it's, it's more about them than it is um, about us. Hmm. And do you work with influencers at all to help promote your products? We do. Um, we, you know, we really 
love these micro influencers and um we we wait until they reach out to us um we don't um pay for advertising through influencers but um we Mm -hmm. found you know a, a great group of um influencers and bloggers who really believe in our product and continue to to promote it um because they love it not because they were paid to do so um so i think um, we're Mm. really happy about that and the amount of content that they create for us this season of the brand is female is made possible with the support of td bank group women entrepreneurs confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections tools and resources as a woman entrepreneur myself i know i need all the support i can get what's great about td services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach they work with both internal and external partners that can provide education financing mentoring and community support td employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business they can facilitate and connect you to workshops coaching and mentorship opportunities and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Now let's get back to my conversation with Neely and Chloe Birch. Did I'm curious, did your aunt Tori Birch have any advice for you when you set out to start an accessory brand, basically a category that she's found much success uh, within? Um, I mean, she, I I wouldn't say that there was one specific piece of advice that she gave us, but she, um, you know, Mm -hmm. was so happy for us and, um, you know, really encouraged us to, uh, to go forward with it. Um, she, you know, we can go to her with, uh, she's very busy, so we don't go to her with day-to-day issues, but when we have a big issue, we can always turn to her and she always, um, can give us advice and, and help us out when, when we need it. So, um, she's been, she's been really great and so incredibly supportive. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, I think we'll be successful if we can get a sliver of her success and she is extremely successful. <laughs> if you could do something else in life, if you quit the brand, you know, it can be, it can be down the line mm-hmm. and in several years, if you could do something else than a career in fashion, what would it be? Uh, it's such a fun question. I know. It's a hard <laughs> question. Um, I've always, like, have a I have a strong passion for fitness. So I don't know if it would be to open up my own fitness studio or become a, a yoga instructor or kind of go down that path. But mm-hmm. I think that's something that um, if I wasn't doing this, I'd kind of go down that route and kind of find, I already love it so much and work out every day. I think I'd try and find a a way to incorporate it into my professional life as well. Yeah, I think, love that. And I think for me, I I probably, if I could go back and redo the whole, all the school and all and everything, I may end up in um, an architecture or design field. I think design still would have been a really important component for me. I would not have wanted to be um, working in a field that didn't have wasn't tangentially in some way related to aesthetic. Um, but mm-hmm. on a super regular basis, Chloe needs to remind me that we're running an accessories business and not an interiors company. <laughs> so I'll come home with all of these fabrics. So that these are amazing. We should do something with this. Chloe's like, right, that's upholstery. So <laughs> I think um, hopefully I'm working on finding more and more ways to work that into the brand. But I think I would have loved to have been a, um, an architect if I could have done something different. Oh, fantastic. Uh, what would your top advice be for young women who are interested in a career being a fashion entrepreneur? I think we say this a lot, but um, 
you know, in tying back to how difficult things can be and how challenging it can be to do this, um, especially on your own, um, beyond support, surrounding yourselves with people that are supportive and excited for you. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's really important to find people that you can lean on. Um, something that Chloe and I, I mean, I, I was running a business by myself before she came to join me as my business partner. And, uh, it was on a much smaller scale and, a, and, and very, you know, teeny tiny compared to this. Um, I never feel stress now the way I felt stress when I was doing it on my own. Wow. And I think having a business partner, um, and I'm not right. saying go out and find a business partner for the sake of having a business partner, but, you know, just make sure you have people in your life mm. who you can open up to and be really transparent and honest um, with about exactly what's going on in your um in your life and, mm-hmm. and in your business and they can, whether it's just as a sounding board or they can buy, provide constructive feedback, I think having people to lean on is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, for me, mm. um, it's something I'm still working on, but <laughs> um, I think trying, um, I think when you start a business, you have a plan and you want it to go according to plan as most people would say. But I think that um, understanding Mm -hmm. that things aren't going to go according to plan and that you need to remain flexible and, um, you know, try and roll with the punches, I think is really important. Something that's very hard for me. I'm a very structured and and routine type person. So when things don't go according to plan, it really throws me off. But I think being an entrepreneur is something where you really need to learn to have that, that skill set. You know, it really is a skill set. So I think... um, that we should, um, you know, you need to try and hone in on that and, and be as flexible as possible. Mm. You brought up uh, routine, and this is a question I love asking entrepreneurs. Um, what's a typical day in your life? And I'm guessing uh, they're probably very much different. That's the nature of having your own business. And also, as part of that day, are there any special routines that you find are key for you to feel your most productive and to also stay grounded through it all i think um you know you know as you said there really isn't uh a day that is similar to like there every single day is different um you know we neely and i love the days where we can just come into the office and be at our desks and working and and um all of that it rarely happens um we're traveling a lot um, either doing events or trunk shows or we're at market or, or things like that. But, um, you know, if we're in the city, a typical day is coming into the office and um, having our team here and um, having team meetings, working on production, working on design and kind of figuring out ways that we can help the business grow. Did I miss yeah. anything for a daily? I don't know. Did routines? you talk about working out? You do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for my routine, um, I think that's, that's really what helps you keep yeah, what helps, motivated. Yeah, definitely. I think I I always you know I mentioned I love fitness, but I um, um, I work out pretty much every morning when I can, and I always feel um, like right. I can um, you know conquer my day a little bit better if I have worked out. I feel energized. Um, so even having to get up a little early, mm-hmm. um, it always makes me feel better when I, um, you know, either just go to a yoga class or go to the gym or whatever it may be. It, it always makes me feel better. Um, but I also am also very, um, early to bed. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I, I really like when I'm the first person in our office in the morning, I find that like having that little bit of time, um, to myself is incredibly helpful. It's, 
my biggest challenge, I would say, particularly when I'm working on, you know, I do more of the big picture projects. Chloe's a little bit more of the executor of the pair. Um, And so I think particularly Mm -hmm. when I'm working on larger scale projects that require like longer focus, it can be hard for me because a lot of our day is about putting out different fires. Um, And so sometimes the bigger projects have to come at nighttime or outside of the office. So when I can carve out some time in the office for myself to kick off my day, that really allows me to think about what's going on and what I have ahead of me. Um, That's really where the, Mm -hmm. where I find value. I like that. Uh, Tell me about your definition of success today and has it evolved over time? If I had asked you the same question, maybe five years ago, how different would your answer have been? I think very different. Yeah, very different. <laughs> um, I think success is so such so much more of a moving target than I originally anticipated. Um, I think that it's constantly evolving. And if you'd asked me my definition of success five years ago, it would have probably been a milestone that we'd have we've passed by now. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's big picture, long term goals where you say, in my life, I want to run up. I want to do this. I want to accomplish that 50 years down the road. But I think if you'd say like how, you know, when will you feel like Neely and Chloe is successful? It might've been when we were doing, you know, X amount on in sales or when we've, we've, you know, we've accomplished these, that or the other milestone. And I think, um, what I've really realized is that it's very helpful to have, um, you know, attainable success goals in the, in the near future, rather than just thinking about what's going on 50 years down the line because um you can motivate yourself to constantly be working towards those and it's been it's it's been exciting to kind of reach different markers along the way yeah um i think i think um you know a very similar answer i think um you know some people only think of success as in if you're have a profitable profitable business or you're making X amount a year or whatever it may be. But I think, um, you know, today it's so hard to measure that. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media and um, you, it, it's hard not to compare yourself to other businesses and, and see, well, they were here during this time and we're here or whatever it may be. But I think success is different through, you know, everyone's eyes and you just need to be happy for, you know, the little moments and the, and the little victories and not get caught up in the um the grand scheme of things and comparing yourself to other companies because success is different and you just don't know yeah yeah and we all have a different journey right exactly it's it's different for everyone walking through it yes um one of my favorite questions that i ask all my guests on the show it's what do you wish women would do more of i like this question I'm like, I'm a particularly bossy girl, um, and I'd I'd love for <laughs> I'd love for us all to be a little bit bossier and and take charge a little bit more, um, uh-huh. and and sort of lead by lead by doing. And I know there are lots and lots of women out there um, that do that, and that's their approach. But I think if we can all do that a little bit more, uh, we would make we would make sh- it would we would make strides so quickly. Um, and so I think taking charge and taking ownership of all of your skills and talents and accomplishments um, and not asking for permission is is always sort of been my approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it would probably be to ask more questions. I think something that I've always felt a little insecure mm. about was um, 
you know, I was always the girl in middle school or high school that was afraid to kind of raise my hand and ask a question because I thought it was a dumb question. Um, and I think starting a business, I've realized there really aren't any dumb questions. Um, and I think as you become more comfortable and you, in your own skin and who you are as a person, um, you realize it's okay to ask questions, even if it's not, um, the most intelligent question. And sometimes you just need help and you need an answer. So I think, um, you know, asking more questions, um, even if you don't feel like it's a valid or a a good one, um, because, you know, it could open up a lot of opportunity and um, give you answers that you never really thought you could get. That's very good advice. And I always feel like those easy questions that we think are dumb questions, we're really giving the person answering them a great opportunity to demonstrate their knowledge. So usually it ends up being a very interesting interaction. It really is. We have um, we have a little sister who's eight, and sometimes we'll be explaining something, and she'll just ask why, which is like the most simple, generic. She loves to ask you know, why. She loves to ask why. And I'm why? like, that's a really good question. I, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I know the answer, but I don't know why. And so I think... Um, it's great to ask that because sometimes you do, you ask a really simple question and, and you don't even know why. Um, and, um, so I think just, you know, asking more and putting yourself out there is just so important. Given that we're entering a new decade, we're entering a new year. So what are things that you want to do more of for the year 2020 and for the decade ahead? Wow. What do I want to do more of? I would like to, um, I mean, I feel like, well, my New Year's resolutions. I feel like I have yeah. silly ones. But my, I, I would like to um, be a little bit more um, like confident in what I, what I know and what I've, what I've accomplished. I think that um, running your own business and being an entrepreneur, you often end up in roles that you never anticipated. So yes, my title is co-founder, but that also means yeah. I'm doing everything from you know, I'm managing shipping and logistics and production all the way through to our financial planning and forecasting and all of that. And so I think it's, um, you know, I think it's really, it's, it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that, um, you have accomplished a lot in so many different verticals. Um, and it's, and I think particularly because I don't have a background, the, the one that's always challenging for me to kind of take ownership and feel confident in is on the financial aspects of our business. I don't have any um, formal training or education in, you know, accounting or, or, uh, you know, any sort of financial management or operations. And I think that I often um, discount, you know, what I've been able to learn on the job and don't give it enough credit. So I'd like in 2020 to find a way to feel more confident in my ability to manage that and um, stop acting like I need, I need more help than I do. Um, I think for me, I want to, um, I, I'm a, I'm a worrier at heart and I'm always kind of thinking on to the next step and um, not really being present in the moment. And I, you know, whether it's for work or it's my, um, my personal life, you know, I'm always turning to Neely and saying, well, what if this happens? And she's like, but it hasn't. So don't worry about it until we have to worry about it. And then we'll come up with an issue. I mean, a, a solution. And so I, I, w- I really want to work on being more present, um, whether that's, you know, really enjoying my weekend and not, you know, 
being bummed that it's Saturday night and the weekend's almost over and being like, no, I have all of Sunday still. Um, so just really being present and, and not, um, you know, trying to think five steps ahead and really just trying to think about, um, you know, how I can, what I can accomplish today um, and just be present. I love that. That's a great resolution. And I want to ask you in closing, what's next for Neely and Chloe for the company? Lots of stuff. Yes, lots of things. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think the most exciting thing that's next is sort of, as I briefly mentioned earlier, is sort of rethinking this relationship between direct-to-consumer direct and wholesale sales um, and really marrying those two facets of our business. I have, we have, it's a little early to share, but we have some exciting plans in the pipeline that we really feel like we'll take the fact that we feel like an inclusive brand that's all about allowing women from all over the country, if not the world, to experience all the facets of our brand um, and bring that to them through our wholesale partners. We're very excited about that. I hope you enjoyed today's show. A huge thanks to Chloe and Neely. If you did like the episode today, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on the podcast app of your choice. Thank you to TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs for their support of The Brand is Female. If you are a woman entrepreneur, check out TD Services and find out how you can benefit from their support. You've got it in you to succeed? Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. I'll be back in a week with a new guest on the show. Thank you so much for listening today.